0: We're Derek and Hillary Walker. We're the pastors of Oxford Bible Church. We want to welcome you as we get into the Word of God together. Today, Derek will be sharing about our wonderful salvation in three dimensions. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 and 24. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. One day, there was a man walking down the street, and he came across this lady who he knew. She was such a warrior. She'd worry about everything. But today, she was looking so happy. She was worry-free. He was amazed. He said, what's happened to you? You're changed, you don't seem to have a worry in the world. She said, no, it's wonderful. I feel as free as a bird. I found someone who would take all my worries for me. He said, that's amazing. Yes, I pay him £500 a day and he does all my worrying for me. He takes all my cares and now I don't have a worry in the world. And He says, well, that's amazing. And and you pay him, how much do you pay him? He says, £500 a day. He says, well, how how on earth can you afford to pay 500 pounds a day? She said, well, that's his worry, isn't it? And so, wouldn't it be wonderful if we had someone who would take all our worries and all our cares and uh, we wouldn't even have to pay them? Well, the Lord says he'll do that for us. He says, cast all your cares on him, for he cares for you. Yes, God cares for you. He wants to carry all your cares. And we get stressed when we try and carry all the burden ourselves. God doesn't want us to do that. And one of the things that we worry about is our salvation. We're thinking, well, I know Jesus loves me, but maybe my weaknesses, my frailties, my failures, my sins, means that God won't be able to save me in the end. Maybe he won't be able to finish what he started in my life. And so we worry. And the more we focus on ourselves, the more we look to ourselves and our own failures, we get worried and fearful about our salvation. And today I want to share with you some great news, some wonderful news, about how God is working in your life to save you. And I call this salvation in three dimensions. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 and 24. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ he who calls you is faithful who will also do it now we get some wonderful truths from these verses first of all it says that God is the God of peace he's the God of wholeness he wants to make you whole and he wants you to have the peace the assurance of your salvation He wants you to know that what God has started in your life, he will see it through to the end. God isn't a quitter. He isn't the kind of person to start something and abandon it. And what God has started in you, he will bring it to completion. He will do it. Notice it says that the God of peace himself, himself, he will do it himself. Your salvation is so important to God that he hasn't delegated it to an angel or some great person. He is doing it himself. He is bringing about your total salvation and glorification himself. He's leaving nothing to chance. He's taking personal responsibility to save you completely, spirit, soul, and body. And so that's that's wonderful news. And I like the fact that God is going to save us completely. He doesn't do a half job. He's not going to settle for anything less than absolute perfection in your life. It says, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. Yes, sanctify. What does that mean? It means that he is going to set you apart to himself. That's what sanctification means. That you are going to be completely in God's hands. You see, when we went away from God, we were cut off from God. It meant we lost the glory that he meant us to have. But God wants to restore us to glory he wants to be set us to be set apart to him in every area of our being spirit soul and body his presence filling every part of our lives and so when he says he wants to save us completely he then describes man in his completeness spirit soul and body that's your complete being you're made of three parts may your spirit soul and body be may found blameless at the coming of Jesus. And so God is saving you in three dimensions, spirit, soul and body. And this salvation will be finished at the coming of our Lord Jesus. Until then, we're still under construction. We're still being changed. We're still being improved. But it will come to completion. God will finish what he started at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to describe this wonderful salvation to you today. I want you to notice God puts his guarantee on your salvation. He says that he will complete his work in us because he is faithful. He who calls you is faithful who will also do it. God's in charge of your salvation and he will do it. He begun by calling us into salvation through the gospel, and he's faithful to complete it. And so you can rest in the assurance of the fact that God is going to finish what he started in your life. That's what Philippians 1, six says. Being confident of this very thing. Oh, have you got this confidence, this assurance that God is working in your life? Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will surely perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ that's when it will be completed And so we're gonna see how God is working his salvation in your life what's his program how's he doing it and the key here is these three parts spirit soul and body one of the most important revelations you can have from the Word of God is about the nature of man and how God is working out his salvation you see we are a Trinity we are spirit soul and body a triunity. unity We are three in one. And this isn't surprising, of course, because God himself is a trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three persons, yet one God. We see this in Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God. That's a plural word. God created the heavens and the earth. And the word created is in the singular. And so it's one God, and yet there is a plurality in the Godhead. God is three in one. And he created this universe in the same image, because the universe consists of three fundamentals, three fundamental quantities, time, space, and matter. And we know that now from modern science, that these three are not separate, but they're bound together into unity. You can't have one without the other. And it's given in Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, that's the creation of time. God created the heavens that is space, and the earth, that is made of matter. And so it says there in Genesis that God created the three elements of the universe, and yet they are one, they make one universe. And in the same way, the Father can't exist without the Son, and the Son can't exist without the Spirit. They are one. And God also created us in his image. He made man to be a trinity of spirit, soul, and body. We have three parts to our nature. Each of them has a life of their own, but yet they're meant to operate together in harmony as one. Sometimes the three pull us in different directions, but God's plan for us is total harmony of spirit, soul, and body. We can see how we are by our creation, and that's described in Genesis 2.7. It says, The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. First of all, God shaped Adam's body from the dust of the ground. Then he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And that was the spirit of God. God is spirit. And he breathed his spirit into man. You are made from the breath of God. God is spirit and we're made in in his image. We are spirit. And so God's spirit created a spirit inside the body of man. And that's the second part. And that's the core of our being is our spirit. And then it says that when the spirit went into the body, it says man became a living soul. And the fusion of the spirit and the body created a soul in man. That's your mind, your will, your emotions, your personality. And so you have these three parts, a spirit, soul, and a body. With your spirit, you contact God. That's the core of your being. You contact the spiritual realm. In your soul, you contact the world of ideas and thoughts and feelings. And in your body, you contact the physical world. And through your body, you have authority in this physical world. You are a spirit. You have a soul. And you live in a body. We have to understand this to understand how God's salvation is working in your life. Your spirit is the deepest part of you. You are made from the breath of God. But you live on three dimensions. That's why life is sometimes a little complicated. You're a three-dimensional being. You have a spirit, a soul, and a body. And we need to understand how that works out. What's God's purpose for us? God is a trinity. And he wants all three parts of our being to respond to God's love to receive God's love, to be filled with God's presence, and to respond to him. And we see this in Deuteronomy chapter 6. These famous verses in verse 4 and 5, literally it should read like this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. That's a statement of the Trinity. Do you see those three? The Lord our God, the Lord, the three are one. And when it says, here, O Israel, it literally means, gather together into one, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. And here he says, God is a triune being, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The word for one, echad, is not absolute unity, it's a compound unity. The three are one. But notice, how are we to respond to this 3 and one God? Well, we're made in his image. And he says, therefore, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, that's your spirit, and with all your soul, that's your mind, and with all your strength, that's with your body. You are to worship God with your spirit, soul, and body. You are to love the Lord your God with all three parts of your being. As God is three in one, bound together in love. So God wants all your parts of your being to be harmonized together in loving God, spirit, soul and body. That's God's purpose for you, to sanctify you wholly, spirit, soul and body, so that God's love fills all of your being. Well, this ideal didn't last very long, I'm afraid, because mankind fell into sin. And when Adam sinned, our spirit, soul and body all got messed up not just in, by themselves, but in the whole way that they worked together, got messed up. And so the first result when Adam sinned was that his spirit died. His spirit was cut off from God. Now before, he, his spirit was in contact with God, and the glory of God flowed through his spirit, through his soul, and even radiated out of his body, so that he wasn't even aware of that he had no clothes on, because he had a covering of the glory of God. But immediately that he sinned, the Bible says that he died, spiritually died, and the glory of God was cut off. And suddenly he realized he was naked. What a shock. He wasn't covered by God's glory anymore. And Adam's spirit was now a dead spirit. And we inherited from Adam spiritual death. Our old man... The Bible just talks about the old man. That is not our father. Our old man is our old dead spirit. And so that's the first thing that went wrong. Our spirit shut down. And then into Adam's body came a sin nature. We call the nature of the flesh. And that's why our body is doomed to die, because of the presence of that sin in our flesh. And now the soul, if you imagine, the soul was meant to flow from the spirit. The spirit was meant to dominate the soul, and the soul expressed the spirit. But now the spirit has died. Now the soul comes under the dominion of the flesh, of the sin nature. And so the spirit, soul, and body are in a right mess. And that means we don't just need salvation in our spirit. We need salvation on three dimensions, spirit, soul, and body. And this explains one of the paradoxes of the Bible. Because in some parts of the Bible it says we've already been saved. Other verses in the Bible tell us that we're being saved. And other verses say that we will be saved. Which one is right? Well, of course, all of them are true. Because our spirit has been saved if we're born again. Our spirit has been saved. Our soul is being saved, and our body will be saved in the future, the resurrection, when Jesus returns. Let's talk about our, the saving of our spirit, first of all. We read about this in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to 10. For by grace you have been saved. You, you have been saved. S- one part of you has already been saved. In fact, the core of your being has been saved. You have been saved through faith. And that, your, and that salvation is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship. Yes, our spirit has been saved, it's been recreated. And we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. The Bible says we're also being saved. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And so we are being saved continually in our soul. And the, the Bible also says that we will be saved. 1 Peter 1, 1.5, we are being kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Yes, we've got a future salvation. Hebrews 9.28 says that Christ will return, and those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin for our salvation when Jesus returns he's coming back to complete the salvation that he has already started in us so we have been saved we're being saved and we will be saved we have been saved that's our spirit whenever you hear about past tense salvation that's talking about your spirit when it talks about us being saved now that's the salvation of our soul And when future salvation is talked about That's the salvation of our body. I want you to notice that God works from the inside out. He saves our spirit first, then our soul, then our body. That's the difference with other religions, because other religions just talk about rules, that you have to do this and do that. They're trying to save you from the outside in. They're trying to make you conform to a certain set of rules to make you respectable. But the problem with that is it doesn't create an answer for your dead spirit. If the spirit is still dead, then the man is still dead on the inside, however respectable he is. No, Jesus said you must be born again. You must receive a new spirit. You must be reborn in your spirit. And then God can start changing you from the inside out. What God does in your spirit, he then wants to work out in your soul and in your body. And so the first thing God does is to save your spirit. He supernaturally recreates your spirit. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If any man be in Christ, he is a brand new creation. Old things are passed away. The old man has passed away. And behold, all things are become new. You become a new man on the inside. Your spirit comes alive to God. Your spirit's alive to God and in contact with God now. And now you can worship God in spirit and truth. And the Bible teaches that now your spirit is completely saved. God hasn't got to do any more work on your spirit. Your spirit is now created. It's his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. You've been regenerated and made perfect on the inside. And Ephesians chapter 2 talks about this salvation of our spirit. It says, But God, verse 4, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses, we were spiritually dead. He made us alive together with Christ. Yes, your spirit was made alive with Christ. The same life that resurrected Jesus' spirit from the dead resurrected your spirit to life. Now you've got God's life on the inside of you. God's love, God's joy, God's peace is in your spirit. And then the second burst of power that went into Jesus' spirit is described, Here, it says, he made us alive together with Christ. That's the first thing. For by grace you have been saved. It's done in your spirit already. Secondly, it says, and raised us up together. Yes, we were raised up together with Christ. Your body wasn't raised up. It hasn't happened yet. But your spirit has been raised up. And when Jesus raised up, he went far above all principalities and powers, every enemy, all sin, curse. Jesus rose up. He was victorious over that. And you were raised with him. That means God has put victory in your spirit now. Victory over sin. Victory over death. Victory over curse. Victory over all the power of Satan is now in your spirit. Your spirit has already overcome. Hallelujah. And then it says, and thirdly, He made us to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And as Jesus' spirit rose and he now is seated at the right hand of God with dominion over all things so that everything is under the feet of Jesus, so our spirit has also been elevated and sits down with Christ. That tells me that your spirit has also had God's dominion and authority put in it so that you are now seated with Christ far above all principalities and powers. And so you are a recreated spirit with God's life in it. Praise God. And so when Jesus was raised from the dead, his spirit And soul and body was raised from the dead. He received a complete salvation. And he is the firstborn from the dead. And we're going to receive the same salvation that Jesus received. That means our spirits have already been saved. They've got the resurrection life of Jesus in them. We have been saved. Well, the second salvation that we have is the salvation of our soul that is going on right now. The salvation of our soul. Ephesians 4.24, I forgot to say this, says that the new man, our new spirit, is created according to God in God's image. In true righteousness and holiness. Isn't that good news? Your spirit has been saved in true righteousness and holiness. And if you start living out from your spirit now, you will discover the new life of God that he's put inside you. Well, now we need to move on to the second stage of salvation. Our soul is being saved. And the Bible says it's through the word of God. James chapter 1 says, Receive with meekness, verse 21, the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Yes, as you receive the word of God every day, Your unbelief and your wrong ideas are changed. Your mind is being renewed. Your soul is being saved. And the more your soul is saved, the more it lines up with your spirit. And then the life of God in your spirit can be released through your soul. But James says, do not be a hearer only, but be a doer of the word. Yes, as you hear the word and as you do the word, so God is able to save your soul. And that is a continual process. And the more your soul is conformed to the word of God, the more of God's life can flow through your soul. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, do not be conformed to this world. Don't be pressured from the outside, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's that salvation that's happening now. Your mind is being renewed by the word of God that you may prove. That you may demonstrate on the outside what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Yes, God's perfect will for you is to be blessed in every area of your life. And the way you can show that blessing and demonstrate the life of God that is inside you is by letting your mind be renewed by the word of God. Get the word of God into your mind and then a transformation will happen. And this word transformation is the word metamorphosis. And that is like when a butterfly appears uh, from, uh, the, the crystal, from the cocoon. On the outside, you have this caterpillar. doesn't look like much, but on the inside, there's a beautiful butterfly. And the process of metamorphosis is when the outer shell breaks apart, and the beautiful butterfly comes forth. Metamorphosis is when what is in the inside comes forth on the outside. Yes, on the inside, you're like a beautiful butterfly. You have the life and the nature of God on the inside of you, the life of Christ on the inside of you, the love of God on the inside of you. And as your mind is renewed, so that life comes forth on the outside. And that's the present tense salvation. And the more that you let God's word work in your life, and the more you put it into action, the more your soul is being saved. And that is what God is doing at the moment. 1 Peter nine says, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Philippians 2.12 says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Have humility before the word of God, for it is God who works in you both to will and do his good pleasure. God works his salvation in you. Now you are to work it out by believing the word and doing the word, the salvation within you is released. Well, finally, the last stage of our salvation is future. And God... He's going to resurrect your body one day and he's going to fill your body with the glory of God and then your salvation will be perfected, spirit, soul and body at the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that's why it says, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit, soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who called you is faithful, who also will do it. In Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you that you will complete the salvation that you have begun I thank you that you have saved our spirit and Lord even as we hear your word you're saving our soul and preparing our soul for the glory that will be revealed when our body is resurrected thank you Lord for your wonderful salvation Amen This broadcast was brought to you from the Oxford Bible Church We meet every Sunday at 11am and 6pm. You are most welcome to join us. For further information concerning our church services and our other teaching materials, please visit our website at www.oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk or call us on 01865 515 086.